Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Good weekend! Years ago now. Very good morning to you. Donald Trump, the billionaire. Did he mention that? I don't know. He doesn't like to talk about his wealth. Uh, He paid just $750 in federal income taxes in the year he was elected U.S. president. Uh, There's been a New York Times investigation. Everyone's been asked for his tax returns for so long, and uh, they have now published some snippets there from a pov of uh, They haven't published the full thing because they don't want to reveal their source, which uh, it seems like that would do. It looks like there's been some pretty serious tax avoidance. Uh, He paid $750 in federal income taxes the year he won the presidency. And then in his first year in the White House, he paid another $750. Apparently, uh, he's paid something like $400 million less than uh, comparable billionaires. And really... How many of them do we need? Uh, comparable billionaires in his bracket. $400 million versus $750. That is terrible. That is terrible. And the, you know what? It's not going to make a jot of a difference. I remember um, I got into a minicab in Kent once. Uh, sort of had to. It was a work thing. And uh, I was talking to the woman and uh, trying to steer away from immigrants, which is what she really wanted to talk about, and ended up talking about Amazon and uh, how little tax they pay. And this woman's response was, good. And I said, what? And she said, I don't think they should. I think everyone should pay as little as tax as they want. I'm self-employed. And I tell you what, I try and pay as little tax as I can because I can't afford it. I can't afford to pay tax. And it's good on them. If they found a way around it, good on them. This is the mindset we're dealing with. No one, people who love Trump will only admire him all the more for the fact that he managed to get away with only paying $750. They will think that is heroic because that is sticking it to the man and they hate the man. It's, it's not winnable. What is it, like five weeks away now, the election? And uh, obviously he's he's saying, uh, you know, he can't guarantee a peaceful handover of power. There's not going to be a handover of power. Like, with all the things he's done, with the highest number of casualties of any nation, and proportionally in the world of coronavirus, with his economy tanking, joblessness 
through the roof. Not to mention all the other terrible things. The fact that it's a close run race is terrible. Like, it should be a cakewalk for Joe Biden. And the fact that it's... Ooh, too tight to call. What? You can't storm it under these conditions? Oh, my God. He's going to win. Don't worry about it. We'll just stagger on, or maybe we'll all build bunkers. Dig for victory. Um, Katie Price is... Uh, but that's jumping around, isn't it? What's that all about, Jay? Well, I was just saying. Katie Price is back in the recording studio. Uh, she, uh, a.k.a. Jordan, um, owner of the serial uh, company. No, uh, she did a song for Eurovision. Uh, she didn't actually end up representing Britain, but she did one of those song for Europe things. And um, it was unfortunate. She, I think she was pregnant at the time. She wore a uh, PVC pink sort of one onesie. And uh, her singing was, I mean, lamentably bad. I'm not going to try to put a gloss on that. But it was a great song. I really liked the song. It was a really good song. Um, she's back in the recording studio uh, singing a song, the lyrics of which are uh, include, uh, I'm broken and nobody can see it. And uh, here's the thing. I, I mean, I don't think she's a good singer. I don't. Um, but I'm not going to, I'm not judging her for that. And I'm not actually going to judge her for trying to forge a career. Like if we were to ban all the bad singers, there'd be like three singles in the charts right now. Uh, I don't I don't blame her. I I don't judge her. I, I, I kind of admire her. I feel like, well, there's someone who at a very tender age kind of appraised the world. And I think probably read it right, uh, perceiving that, OK, well, the people with the power are men and men are fairly blunt instruments and most of them want this so i will be this and i will try to turn it to my advantage do you blame her can you blame her for that i don't blame her and i don't think she's stupid she's got extraordinary body language i saw her interviewed once and she does this thing where she'll sort of she'll she'll flash a look at you to check are you looking at me and then she'll kind of look down in a way that's to me sort of it's kind of like giving permission to be looked at you know what i mean i feel like with eye contact there's always the you know people you, the worst thing isn't it when someone has a conversation with you about eye contact and then you become really conscious of your eye contact and you feel like you've got to maintain eye contact with them and a kind of like oh which one of us is because we're talking about eye contact and now it's important and but actually in conversation generally I find unless you're quite aggressive, you don't hold eye contact when you're talking. I certainly don't. When I'm talking, I generally look down. I look over there. I look over there in a kind of like, uh, I'll look over here while I'm talking. And then you've sort of got the choice of whether you want to pay attention or not. I'm not going to check up on you. Uh, hopefully it's interesting enough that you'll, you'll still look. You know what I mean? Here's me trying to make eye contact. Can't. Can't do it. It's very, very difficult. Um, and it felt like this kind of, uh, yeah, this sort of understanding that she, she'd made herself into something to be looked at. You know what I mean? And I think we need to be careful with Katie Price. Uh, how is her story going to end? We have to be careful with that. I'm not saying she's vulnerable, but I'm saying... Let's just give her some basic respect. 
you try and get through what she's got through. The stuff she's had with Harvey and, you know, she's been a great mum to him. I've seen footage of her. She's she's great. You try it. Anyway, uh, also in the news, uh, Danny Dyer uh, has uh, been trending uh, because he described Oswald Molesley as a melt. I don't really know what a melt is. The melt is like, that's a bit of a fish, isn't it? It's like the... Oh, it's like the male runny bits of a fish. Boof. Uh, it's a good description of Oswald Mosley, though. Um, Danny Dyer's uh, doing very well just lately, uh, sort of deploying his uh, proper cockney East End language uh, to have a go at uh, the serious stuff. Uh, and I'm delighted to share with you now uh, an exclusive for you. Uh, he's recorded this just for us. It's Danny Dyer Explains Atrocities. Winston Churchill, top geezer in World War II, but hold up, was he also a genocidal numpty? Cheers, mate, and a couple of covers when you're ready. I've come to the East End for a proper curry, a drink and a fight. My sort of night, although I now live in a rather lovely leafy suburb of Debden. But when Churchill decided to go for an Indian, the Indian he went for was Mahatma Gandhi. Churchill said he ought to be lain bound hand and foot at the gates of Delhi and then trampled on by an enormous elephant with the new Viceroy seated on its back. Turns out, that was nothing personal though, because he also said, I hate Indians. They are a beastly people with a beastly religion. Well, lovely. Cheers, mate. Cool. Look at that plate. You couldn't get nosh like this in Bengal in 1943. Policies of Churchill's meant three million people pegged it. Churchill, the racially despotic muppet, said it was their own fault for breeding like rabbits. That's it from me. Next week, Mother Teresa, controversial geezer, who said, There's something beautiful in seeing the poor accept their lot, to suffer it like Christ's passion. The world gains much from their suffering. Then, jogged off for treatment for herself in a modern American hospital. I'm off to bone up on Cockney words some more as I'm doing some pretty tidy business being a comedy caricature. I'll see you later, all right? Was that okay? Do you need another take? Oh, we good. We're good? Okay, good. Bye. I mean, the thing is, that doesn't sound anything like Danny Dyer. Danny Dyer, like, is more like that, you know what I mean? Like, it's all a bit subtoned. But, you know, you've got to project. Proje- you've got to project. It's quite jowly as well, isn't it? It's like, quite jowly. And that was all like Ray Winstone. But um, for comedic purposes, I felt it. <laughs> look, it's, never mind, all right? Let's just press on. God. Unbelievable. Uh, look, I wanted to get to your weird dreams um, because uh, you sent some in at the urgings of uh, Lindsay Hellcat Press and I'm not going to get to them today, but I'm pleased to say I've managed to secure uh, top dream interpretist uh, Dora Dale. Uh, she will be uh, analysing your dreams for you tomorrow. Uh, so uh, look forward to that, will you? Great. Also, hopefully at some point this week, uh, I've got a new feature for you. Um, it's uh, I've got some exclusive extracts from a new book called uh, The Bible Cookbook. Um, I don't know how I managed to secure them. Wait, yes, I do. Uh, my dad wrote them. Uh, he wrote the book uh, and they're very funny. And uh, you can buy The Bible Cookbook, I believe, online now. But uh, we wanted to make sure that the digital edition is fully good to go, I think, before we uh, before we properly launch it. Uh, so there's that to look forward to. Also, I know that my cousin Dave, I'm just recruiting everyone. My cousin uh, Davey, uh, is, uh, he's already got another podcast 
uh, worth of funny audio for you. I know you've been enjoying those. And I want to uh, pick up some old threads. Uh, I'd like to get an expert on to talk about stuff, and I would like very much to um, do a few more game saves. Uh, all of those I, I kind of want to reprise and intend to. Uh, in the meantime, I don't know if you've uh, checked out the YouTube page. I need a few more subscribers. If I can get to 100 subscribers, then I can make it easier for people to find, which seems like a stupid way around of doing it. But um, yeah, have a look for uh, Not Today Thank You on YouTube. You can find Spatula on there, episode one. I'm going to record some more episodes of that. What else? There was something else to tell you. We had fun on the watch along for Patreons last Friday night. Thanks to those of you who joined. Uh, we watched some truly uh, cataclysmically bad television. And I've got worse stuff planned for this week. If, if, uh, if, you're, if you want to join up and support, it's patreon.com slash nottodaypod. And uh, for as little as $3 a month. And that's, you're not going to miss that. And if, if you didn't, you know, you're not going to miss that. <laughs> Uh, whereas would you want to miss us all uh, watching along uh, at the same time, perhaps a one hour Sky Arts special all about the musics of Alexander Armstrong. He gave us musics, important musics. Uh, so that's going to be Friday night. I will leave you, though, with uh, some movie quotes. Uh, this is uh, this is good. Uh, last week, I was on Question Time Extra Time on Five Live. Not scary. Shut up. You were. Uh, Rick observed, um, in honour of Jake's excellent choice of movie quotes, uh, which lines out of a movie have become a regular part of your vocabulary? Yes, I found myself <laughs> quoting Men in Black on Five Live as part of a discourse on the state of the coronavirus precautions being taken in this country it's a great quote it's tommy lee jones he turns to will smith will smith says why don't you tell people there are aliens living among us on earth you know people are smart and uh tommy lee jones turns and corrects him and he says no a person is smart but people are stupid it's a great quote some great quotes in that film you know, Will Smith says the thing about, hey, you know, it's better to have loved and lost than and Tommy Lee Cooper, turns, Jones, whatever he is. What is he? Tommy Cooper turns to him and says, try it. Only obviously it's Tommy Cooper. So he says, try it. Ah. Anyway, uh, Rick says, sorry about this rambling. Uh, Rick's movie quotes that are part of the fabric of his life are, I was born ready. That's from Smokey and the Bandit. And... You came in that, you're braver than I thought. That's from Star Wars. I actually never knew that's what Princess Leia said to Han Solo. I thought she said, you came in that, you're better than I thought. But braver than I thought makes perfect sense. It has taken me to being nearly 47 to know that. And it's all thanks to you, Rick. Thanks very much. Um, what movie quotes do you quote every day? It's at NotTodayPod on Twitter. Or you can email NotToday at Swanburst.com. Julie says, Birdie Num Num. What is that? What is that? It's the party, apparently. Don't know what that is. I think that's rude. It's Tommy Lee Jones. Anyway, uh, and also Tina, bring me the axe. That's from Mommy Dearest. Two films I haven't seen, but I'm increasingly feeling like I ought to. Jem uh, quotes Star Trek 4. Everybody, remember where we parked. That's a good line. <laughs> Uh, and David uh, has, how's the serenity from the castle? Brackets, 1997.
close brackets. Uh, thanks very much for that. If you've got any movie quotes, it's not today at swanburst.com or you can email. Uh, not no, it's not today. Yeah, it's not. Oh God! Look, listen, look, listen. I've listen. Look, I'm really sorry. It feels rude. Uh, Neil has shared a news story with me that for some reason the algorithm on Google shared with me as well, uh, which was Horridge Couple. Horwich? Horwich Couple had a TV date with Dusty Bin on 321. This is from the boltonnews.co.uk. Yeah, I read that story, Neil, and it literally just says these two people were on 321. It doesn't say anything about like what they won, what they did with the prize, what they're doing now, how it changed their life. Nothing. And just went, they were on 321 in 1984. <laughs> okay. Great. Thank you very much. Hannah also says, uh, regarding your comment last week that 50 years feels very old. It does. Uh, dear Jake, I hope all is well with you and yours and the approaching 50s. Uh, I'm writing in response to Mr. Green's email last week, intimating that he was over the hill in his 40s and your subsequent comment that 50 feels very old. I appreciate that I may be one of the older pod listeners, but not the oldest, as you've said your mum and dad listen. I think they do, sporadically. Let's check in. Are you listening? Uh, here's a little poem I've written in homage to A.A. Milne's Now We Are Six. In primary school, I thought it cool to play Lego and read Janet and John. And then in my teens, I wore skin-tight jeans and hoped the DJ would play my song. My twenties went by and my hopes were high as I got a job and found a lovely spouse. My thirties were great as I and my mate had lots of kids in the house. During the four O's, I had to keep on my toes as teenagers don't come cheap. And now I'm 50, I'm still very nifty and definitely don't need an afternoon sleep. Well, speak for yourself, Hannah. Speak for yourself. Nice to be you. <laughs> Take care and stay safe, Hannah. Thanks very much for that. That's a lovely poem. That's very good. I love the internal rhymes. I'm a sucker for an internal rhyme. In fact, I'll judge anything that doesn't have an internal rhyme. I was speaking about Trump at the beginning of the podcast and Alex's email to say, Dear RC501. Ah, thanks. Yes, have a look for Floaters by Joe Roberts. It's a short film that I did a uh, voice in. It's really good. Floaters by Joe Roberts. Google it. You can watch the whole short film online. Uh, the way I see it, if you want to imagine yourself as an average American voter right now, God, I do. The best way is to picture yourself sat in a diner holding a menu comprised of just two options. Biden is a small portion of lukewarm creamed spinach served in a faded bowl with a large chip in it. It's far from appealing and very old-fashioned, the kind of thing Grandma always served as part of Thanksgiving dinner, which you'd have one tiny bite of, then leave on the side of your plate. You know some of the ingredients are theoretically good for you, but you're not sure what else is in there or how long it's been sitting out in the sun. And if you order it, absolutely no one else is going to see it and go, Oh, can I try some? I'm loving the elaborateness, the elaboration of this metaphor. Trump, meanwhile, is a bowl of flaming poo. <coughs> this is my kind of metaphor. It's served in a massive gold-plated ice cream sundae glass covered in decorative nymphs with sparklers and American flags dotted all over it and the whole thing is literally on fire. If you order it, all eyes will definitely be on you as the waiter gingerly carries this portion of flaming, flag-bearing turds across the room while rock music blares and balloons fall from the ceiling. There's so much of it that it's threatening to spill out the sides at any minute. From the picture on the menu, if you squint, you can almost convince yourself it's chocolate ice cream. And indeed, many of the diners in red hats 
cats who are already tucking in are telling you and each other that it's the best goddamn chocolate ice cream they've ever tasted. But they and you both know that it is just a big bowl of excrement. Bon appétit, Alex. Thanks very much. I'll go with the spinach. I like the spinach. Okay, uh, that's it from me for today. We've got some fun stuff coming across the week. I'm going to be able to invest more time in this podcast soon. And I'm really excited about that. So um, I just, just kind of wanted to say that, that uh, there's, there's a lot more stuff to come, probably in, in a couple of weeks' time. So, you know, hang in there. Lots of love. Bye. This has been a Swanburst Media production. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.